1: On the line with me, it's a great pleasure to welcome Pablo Fatidis. Pablo, welcome back to High fm Thank
0: you, Abi. Very good to be with you again, especially yeah. at this time.
1: Absolutely. Pablo, last time I spoke to you, I was uh, just starting on Zoom. It was a whole new experience for me. Lockdown had just happened. And you really coached us through the three different pillars of different types of entrepreneurs or, or silos of entrepreneurs or business people those who will thrive, those who will not survive, and those who have to adapt and get on. We're now a long way down the line, so much so that this type of interview is normal. This is the way we do things, and I'm very comfortable with it as a non-techno individual. And um, we're now in the middle of the third wave. It's been very harsh. It's been very, very severe. It's been brutal, especially to the Jewish community. When we look at business, how does how are we faring? What's really going on on the ground in South Africa?
0: Look, Abby, just a, a quick comment before we get into the specifics of South Africa. You know, pre-COVID, what I started to notice already having a big impact on disruption or change, let's say change, because change by definition often can be disruption. There were three levers at play. The first was climate change. And already five years ago we were arguing uh, to clients that we work with it, that you need to recognize it because it's going to impact legislation in such a way that will impact your business and that will be seen as a crisis in the moment if you 're not properly prepared. The second lever was um, technology and I mean, the rate and pace at which technology is advancing is happening at a far higher rate than we actually have cognitive Cognitive capabilities of adopting and adapting to. So it's happening beyond what we understand. And we've seen that already with massive cybercrime taking place globally. Uh, we've now had an issue very recently in the last day or so in South Africa around the same issue. And then the third factor was this issue of economic exclusion. Beyond income inequality, it's the separation of, uh, no, it is a disruption of the playing field that business always understood existed, the idea that if you had a good idea, if you were prepared to invest, if you were prepared to put some hard work into it, eventually over time, if you were smart, if you listened, if you were able to adapt um, and shift and change to where the market's moving, you'd gain success. Um, and that hasn't been the case for about 10 years, especially across developed economies, which has led to a whole lot of social political disruption. COVID went and simply brought a lot of that to the fore, because in the year of COVID, we've also had some of the most significant protests that we've seen all around, and more recently in South Africa, what happened in the last month or so, down starting out of KZN and moving up into parts of Hanteng. So the point that I'm making is that once COVID's finished and we still have somewhere to go with COVID, and once we get over, the social agitation that currently is upsetting the environment in South Africa, don't think that everything will be steady and safe and normal. I think that we are living in a world where in which the quicker and the sooner we learn to develop a mindset to cope with prices and a business model to respond to it, we will be safer and steadier for the next decade ahead. It's not going to change. The disruption's
1: going to be there for some time. You know, Pablo, it's so true what you're saying. Um, in, 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 practically, I had experience yesterday. I was talking to a colleague, and um, I just said to her, are you working from the office, and you are working from home? And this was a call center individual. She said, no, no, we're working from home. Now, I remember when that first took place, it was a major operation, and Ava's car hire got involved, and it was a big story to get everybody to move. But once that initial birth pang has happened, and mm. we've gone through it, to switch back in and out of that mode of operating is very quick and very comfortable, and people are very able to do it and to adapt. Um, yeah, so when the first time it happened, the disruption was massive. Now the disruption is almost non-existent, simply because it's there. However, there will be other disruptions, and one needs to be able to adapt and change and roll with the punches so to speak
0: yeah and and you know what
1: maybe this is a
0: good time to actually then say well how do you roll with those punches so I Abby, mean, if you step into a ring and i you know i've been doing martial arts for for about 30 odd years and every time you step into a ring to put into practice the theory of what you get taught in your training the truth will out comes out And one of the most important, important features of success in that sparring environment is what is referred to as Sosha or beginner's mind. And beginner's mind is where you attempt to empty your mind of all your conscious and unconscious prejudices, all your conscious and unconscious biases, with the view to try and see things for what they are. For example, if I step into a ring and I see someone who might be bigger than me, stronger than me, more experienced, faster, uh, more flexible, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whilst my mind is occupying that noise, I'm prevented from actually seeing the opportunities that lie ahead of me. And I think it's vital that as business owners, and investors, we adopt the same point of view. So if we look at what happened two weeks ago in KZN, it was an attempted insurrection. There's no other way to frame it or put it. And I think it's important to then turn around and make a call on what you're going to do. If your call is that you see it for what it is, you want to reclaim your business, you want to capitalize on the opportunity it presents you as a business owner, you're going to go down one particular path, which is worth talking about. If your call is that you have found this to be the last straw, you have lost confidence in the future of the country, then you're going to go down a different path. And those two calls have very significant impacts on how you're going to behave.
1: And it's really about making that critical choice at that time and deciding which way you're going to go.
0: Make it now, because there is nothing worse than being ambivalent or indecisive. And the reason for that, Abi, is that we waste the most precious thing available to us in being indecisive, and that's time.
1: So let's be decisive. Let's answer those let's explore those two options, but first let 's take a quick ad break. we'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on business Pablo coming back to you as again you said let's not waste time let's get straight into it. Business people need to make decisions you're faced with a catastrophe you're looking at it either you're going to just fold it in, turn around, throw the keys into the river, and walk away, or you're going to look at the opportunities and it 's very easy for where I, for, from where I 'm sitting. I didn't lose 12 stores in a chain. I didn't lose my only shop where I didn't have insurance for the product, et cetera, et cetera. Or I can simply say, I'm going to make this work. Talk us through those two choices and how one has to, as you said, clear the conscious mind, look at what's in front of you and go forward. So look, Abby, I'm i a firm
0: believer in finding a strategy that lets you have your cake and eat it. And right now, if you are one of the individuals who's lost 5, 10, 15 stores, or whatever the case may be, in other words, you were very, very directly through a lived experience, physical experience affected by the insurrection that took place last or, or at the earlier part of this month. Um, it's going to be hard. And it's going to be hard because uh, your head is going to be filled with all this emotion. So if we move to a place of empty mind, And say okay let's step back for a minute and consider our options the first question you need to ask is well do i believe in the future of south africa because if you don't believe in the future of south africa well then there's only one path you're going to be taking and that is you're going to be looking to go and find and establish a new life abroad what i will say is it's not nearly as easy as we anticipate you know i work with I've got clients throughout the US, the UK, Europe, Singapore, and South Africa. And and I work with a lot of former South Africans, so living in those environments, it is particularly hard. It is particularly tough. The idea that I can go into my Jewish network and leverage opportunity and favor is, with respect, I'll be more theoretical than it is practical. It is not that easy at all because... Your friends, your folks, your mates, your connections, whatever the case might be, trust me, they might put on a brave face, but they're equally struggling. It's our kids that would enjoy the benefits of the sacrifice that gets made in this transition. So let's put that aside for a minute. However, if you have a business and you think that your business still has good grounds to earn revenues, create economy in South Africa, then I would suggest you create a strategy that says, let's have our cake and eat it. And it's got two aspects to it. The first thing is you've got to build it differently. You know, when you look at physical destruction, when you look at theft, when the theft, theft and destruction can only really occur on things that are physical. So a vehicle, a piece of plant, a machinery, um, stock, um, outside of your own life, right? You're looking at the working assets of a business. The working assets of a business can always be protected and can always be replaced. And it might be frustrating as all imaginable help, but it can be replaced and it can be protected. In South Africa, as you should anywhere in the world today, I'm a firm believer that you should protect your assets and you should protect it through sensible insurance. Because in an event like this, You simply replace and you continue to operate. So where then is the true value of that business? If the true value of your business is in the design of your service, the design of your product, if it's in the way that you have found a way to market your product or service. So in other words, the campaigns that you might run, the content you run, the technology you use to support it, The people and the skills that you have on board to deliver it, in truth, those are the elements that allow you to start a business again, because if the physical assets can be replaced with insurance and you have a viable market to build a business, the intangible assets that we've just spoken about are really what make the IP, the intellectual property, the kernel, the seed, the ignition of a business opportunity that you need to now locate sensibly away from physical harm so that if it's removed from you again, you have the fire starter, the kick starter to establish the business again. And my argument to you last time we met is that we all have a massive responsibility as business owners to become digitally smarter. And the opportunity to build a business that allows you to contain Those elements, the processes that make the business work, how you market the business, how you engage in sales activities, how you deliver your service and your product, the cogs that make the engine of that business work are really the intellectual property that allows you to build a business here or anywhere else for that matter. But the starting point is to say, how do I capture that, especially in a format that would allow me to locate it sensibly through technology in the cloud away from physical harm, protect the hard assets with insurance, protect my digital assets with cyber insurance, and leave me in a position where ownership of my means of economy and production are safe and within my hand, so I can withstand the next storm. The reason I think this is important, Tavi, is because the opportunity to create real economy here is going to be significant. We have to accept that this government has no idea on how to create economy for South Africa. They have shown themselves so far to not be sensible about building an economy and looking after business. So if we are in that space, and that is a point of departure, what I've just said to you becomes even more important. The next thing is the services and the products that were acquired prior to you having lost whatever you've lost will continue to be acquired. And therefore, it should be you supplying them. Because I'm guessing 90% of your competitors are going to be sitting in an environment where they are wondering whether they should or shouldn't. And whilst they're ambivalent and whilst they're dithering, The opportunity for you to close in on that market gap is real. And we have seen that consistently in the last seven years in South Africa. The third reason is that very large businesses, and God bless them all, are mostly run by CAs. And what CAs do in times of trouble is they go back to their hardcore specific training, which is to remove costs. And that benefits us as small and medium-sized businesses because as the very big corporates start to shed cost, they start to increase their outsourcing requirements. And SM Africa services the outsource requirements of corporate South Africa. So the opportunity to grow if you make the decision to build your business sensibly here and grow is without question of doubt there.
1: You know, I'm just <clears throat> following your chain of thought and listening to how everything comes together. And if there's two kernels of, or pearls of wisdom, as I say, that jumped out at me, is that the one is that insurance in the business and not specifically in this South African context with the, in other words, prudent business principles, having your stuff insured, having IT, uh, um, IT protected, having physical barriers, that is not over and above. That is not, um, being pedantic. That is prudent business. Because if you don't have those foundations in, in place, an event can come along that can scuttle your whole operation and you can't stand up again. So that's the, the one side. <clears throat> the other side is, is what, you know, really what you were just saying here is that one must not necessarily look at competing directly with those that you cannot compete with in size and scale, but see how one can add value in their chain and therefore be pulled along by their momentum by making yourself an inseparable part of the product that they supply. Um, go ahead. Completely
0: right, Abby. You know what? Think about, think about that wonderful, wonderful word, wealth. What does wealth mean? Now let's not talk about spiritual wealth, let's talk about physical, tangible wealth in very practical terms. there's three elements to it. Number one, you've got to make money and as a business owner the means to make the money is going to be by how you design and run and operate and lead your business. Number two, you've got to grow your money and in the South African context the money that you make in your business Well, you should split it into two parts. The first part will be to make more money in the business you're running in order to grow it. The second part should be for you to make some investments in other assets away from the environment that creates and causes your economy. It's good diversification. The third part, or the third element, so it's make money, grow the money, the third element has got to be protected all. Because if you are going to have a mom and pop shop mentality, say I'm not going to spend on insurance, I'm not going to spend on good financial advice, or whatever the case might be, well, Abi, then whether you're in South Africa, or Lebanon, or Venezuela, or France, where there have been rights throughout the last month, or in West Germany or China where there have been unprecedented floods or Oregon or Siberia where they've never seen wildfires rage the way they have. It's got nothing to do with South Africa. It's got to do with where we are in the world and how things are changing as a result of those key evas I mentioned earlier. You've got to, got to protect it because if it's removed from you, you've lost the time to be able to recover and get to where you need to be in order to build from where you departed.
1: Pablo, I've got a lot of messages coming in and you obviously hit a nerve here and it resonated with me also where you were less than um, positive about our current government. And the sentiment I'm getting from the SMSs is that there is agreement. Number two is how does one remain positive, continue to invest and build when the leadership of the, of the country is so unstable, unpredictable, and at times vindictive? I, I, you know, how would you answer a business owner like that?
0: Well, you know, the approach that I would certainly take is that I don't think that the grass is greener in many other places. You know what, you, you've got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision and say, do I think that we're moving in the right direction as a country and Abi, I personally have taken the view that I think we are, and I'll tell you what I find so frustrating. You know, you look at the inept behavior of our government and then you engage with a few officials. So if I look at what is happening in size, size is being recovered and recuperated. It is very, very well-led. If I look at what's happening in certain provinces, and I'll give you a great example, Driving down to the Eastern Cape um, a couple of months ago, I drove on brand new roads. They were world-class, and I've traveled extensively through the States, through Europe, through the UK, and roads like that I haven't seen for a long time, long-haul roads. When I look at the reliability of our bandwidth and all the cables that have been laying now, recently in the last five years, I promise you there are a lot of green shoots to suggest that once we get through the other side of our politics, which might take another year, five years, seven years, there is investment taking place in the country that will support economic activity. Given that, and given that many, many people in a panic instance, in an impulse instance are saying, I need to get out of here. And you've got skill and capability it means your opportunity to build a business and make money here that would locate you at an international high standard remains the rand does not collapse to 30 to the dollar in fact it went where where did it go it went up to 18 at one point it came down to 13 and now we're bubbling around 14 15 more or less and To take a bet on understanding how the RAND is going to work in order to make a decision around whether you can build a business here in an environment with increasingly less and less competition to generate more and more income and more and more revenue and leverage your allowance to invest in dollars or pounds or euros or whatever the case may be to diversify your risk, I don't think is a bad bet. Because a lot of the folks that used to live in South Africa, now living in the U.S., living in the U.K., living in Australia, are involved in itty-bitty little mom-and-pop shop businesses because they cannot get market entry, they have no networks, they have no relationships, they never went to the right schools, and, and, and. And in a sense, what I'm saying to you is it depends very much on the age bracket. If you kind of have been a business owner all your life, your opportunity to seek employment in any destination that you're going to is going to be super, super low, which means you're going to have to get into a business. And getting into a business in a highly contested environment is very hard. Yeah, I'll give you a, good, a great insight. In the United Kingdom, listen to this now. And this blows my mind every time. And in certain parts of the United States, depending on the industry, I look at a lot of financial statements, a lot, a lot. And I see these profit before tax numbers, I 7, 8%. On turnovers, 10, 15, 20 million pounds of revenue. And for the equivalent businesses in South Africa, I'm seeing profit numbers of 23, 24, 25%. So that gives an indication of the environment that you step into when you go into those territories. And the question you need to ask yourself is are you prepared to commit 15, 16 hours a day, six, six and a half days a week to establish your business there or take the business that you have running over here, grow its revenue, grow its profitability and diversify your risk through that model as opposed to completely migrate to a different environment. It's a tough call to make because you're up and stepping into an environment there that with all the research you think you've done and with all the contacts you think you spoke to, you're going to go through two, three years of massive, extensive learn and burn feeds. And that's the big question. And that question is going to be linked to age. If you're in your 40s to recover over there, uh, uh, perhaps if you're in your early 40s, maybe that's where the cutoff is. But beyond that, I think, I think it's going to take a long, long time to graph back what you have over here that you can translate there as opposed to leave it all here and go there with the view to try and rebuild again.
1: Pablo, I'm sitting and listening to every word that's coming out of your mouth and <clears throat> not to spoil too much of my personal beans, but I was sitting in your boardroom and we had this discussion about two years ago, and you weren 't so polite to me if you remember, you were firm, you were decisive um, i I felt a little bit wounded because you were absolutely blunt, but I walked out of that room with absolute clarity and certainty because your advice was not wishy washy and it wasn 't ambivalent. You said it as it is and Um, Now that someone who's gone through that decision, that transition, who at the age of 50 moved from South Africa, living overseas, and had a choice as to whether to start again or to continue with what I've got in South Africa, myself, my family, thank God every minute of every day that we have a viable business in South Africa. We have loyal clients in South Africa, and we have the ability to grow it, and we have the ability to help people through and it's really, it's almost the best of both worlds. And, um, you know, one's going to be very, very careful when one looks at moving. There's many reasons to move. But if you're looking at running away from South Africa and you're really going to slam that door physically, emotionally, psychologically, and social media point of view, one's going to be very careful because that door doesn't open again too quickly. However, if you leave that door open and you go to opportunity in the broadest sense for whatever it is, that is where you have the ability to live or to to bridge both parts of it and really get advantage out of it. And that's been my experience based on your advice, where we weren't even – I sort of made a flippant comment about two and a half, three years ago. And that really is is just so true. Pablo, we're starting to run out of time as you see Craig's getting a little bit nervous there in the corner I just want to end off um, with a lot of the the questions that people are coming through here. And that's really about practical, practical, tangible things. There's two or three people here saying, we've lost everything. We didn't have insurance. We need to rebuild. We owe the bank money. And I'm reading these SMSs and I would like to say, Pablo is not a magician. He can't wave a wand and get rid of debt. And he can't wave a wand and create a money tree. But sort of how can we help these people with just at least a mindset?
0: Yeah, it's very, very hard, Abby. I'm not a magician and I don't know the circumstances of individuals. But ultimately, all of us over time have built what I call an asset stack. And an asset stack is skills, it's capability, it's insight, it's relationships, it's connections, it's know-how. <clears throat> and you have to leverage the asset stack you have at any point in time where you face a situation as dire as the one you've just explained to me. That's the point. That's the point of departure against which you can recoup value. Um, And I'm sorry I can't give you more insight into it, but I wish I I understood that individual circumstances better.
1: Great. Pablo, I just wish it was an evening and we were sitting over a cup of coffee or a beer and we had time to chat and we could record it but as always, thank you so much for being so free with your time and your advice and just wishing you well and your family well keep safe. And thank you for the value that you add to the community in general.
0: It's a pleasure, Abi. I'm always available. I believe in what we do. I believe in the show. I believe in business. And it's the essence of what makes for a good life.
1: Fantastic. Pablo, thank you so much. That was Pablo Fatidis, CEO of Auric Business. Please go on the website. Have a look. That's A-U-R-I-K. Go have a look.